Welcome to the Business of Cleaning. We are the business podcast for the cleaning industry. And what we do is bring industry expertise straight to your ears every single week. For our April mini season, we've brought on guest Mike Derryberry to talk about introduction to leadership. Leadership is huge and it is important that you learn how to leverage it as a success tool for your business. Get ready, sit back, and just listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of our mini season with Mike Derryberry from Compass Cleaning Solutions. We are going to continue our mini season's theme of leadership and this train of thought we have gone of what actually constitutes good leadership, makes a good leader, and what you really need to look at to make sure that you are doing the best you can for your company and for yourself. And so, We're going to, for this particular episode, talk about leadership itself. Is it something you're genetically born with or a talent that you just have lately there? Or is it something that you have to cultivate and grow? And so I'm going to go ahead and let Mike say hi again and jump right in. Hey, Haley, how are you doing? Yeah, um, this is kind of one of my one of my hot points. I, I, um, I hear people saying, oh, you know, leaders are just there's just these natural leaders. No, they're not. You know, Malcolm Gladwell talked about, um, you know, the whole idea of having 10,000 practice, you know, practices, you know, Michael Jordan hits 10,000 free throws and, you know, a hockey player, you know, shoots 10,000 pucks and somebody, you know, else hits 10,000 tennis balls or whatever it is, or somebody does 10,000 lines of code. And, you know, that's when they become, oh man, they are, they're this amazing person. Well, yeah. They put the effort and they put the time into it. And of course they are because they practiced at it. Well, leadership is the same thing. What makes a good leader are are basic skills and skills can be learned and skills can be developed. Um, You know, being able to motivate other people or to give them a, a motivation. Yeah. I don't think you can motivate anybody. I mean, that's, Honestly, you can't, I can't make Haley do what I want her to do. She can only do what she wants to do. I might compel somebody to do something by force, but I wouldn't really call that leadership as much as it is, you know, something else. So the reality is, you know, leaders are people who have made a decision that they want to be in, to influence or to, to challenge or to bring to the table ideas that other people can can follow. But at the same time, leadership involves a variety of other kinds of skills, uh, skills like apologize for the dump truck doing its thing. <laughs> uh, the, you know, skills like learning to communicate in a, in a clear way, skills like being able to discern when we need to pivot skills like learning what it takes to provide an environment where people feel like they're trusted and that they're safe and that they can grow and then they can be everything that that they want to be within the confines of this business adventure or 
whatever kind of adventure for it could be a nonprofit, it could be you know your church it could be your ball club it could be bowling you know whatever it might be the point is a leader provides that safe environment and I tell our people all the time my job is to make sure that you have all the tools you have all the resources and you have my support to get done what you need to get done and if you need me to help you get give you some direction and if you need my help in terms of giving you an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing kind of getting back to last week the idea of knowing what we're doing and why we're doing it then I can provide that but ultimately the the responsibility to get something done is is that individuals but if I don't provide them with an environment so that they can be successful then that's not being a leader that's being a manager and and you know managers are you know there's there's a place for managers in certain situations I suppose but honestly I think every organization would be better off if instead of managers we had leaders who people wanted to, to follow and wanted to engage with um, I've been in situations where there have been people within the organization who were not in any kind of official position. They had no title. They had no, um, you know, re major responsibility. No, nobody reported to them. They were just a person involved in the organization. And literally, everybody would look to that person whenever a decision was going to be made, and like. And what what, the, what is Bob going to do? You know, what is Joyce going to do, right? And when they would make when they would make a statement, and everybody would would engage, right? I've been in situations where people have all the position, they have all the authority, they have the title, they have the whole thing, and they'll say something, and you can just see people digging their heels in, not wanting to do it, finding a way around it, trying to find something that's not a leader just because you have the title just because you have the position doesn't make you a leader and just because you don't doesn't make you not a leader you are you can be a leader anyone can be a leader but it takes effort it takes practice it takes uh, time but you can become a leader I was thinking as you were saying that talking about those people who are natural leaders even if they never want to assume like a actual leadership position or they haven't been graced with one and i've hired somebody like that in a call center position that was scripted right these positions weren't super fun positions so you had to find people that fit was there or otherwise they weren't going to stay and one of my favorite people i ever brought on had been a teacher and what she brought, she was just super motivated and everything. She couldn't deviate from script. She had to enunciate very clearly, but she could bring her tone and just her energy to a call. And it would make a call so much more engaging, but she didn't just bring that to the customer. She brought that to the team. So her entire role was impacted by what she did. And if she was on board with something, that entire role or the people who worked around her would get on board. And that's because over her years of teaching, she had retired by the time she joined us. Um, over her years of teaching, she had learned to encourage, enable, mm -hmm. cultivate, and grow yeah. people because she was working with these tiny little people that need that so much, but 
grown people still need that. You were talking about motivation and how we're not really motivating because motivation has to come from the individual inside the individual. But what you do is you enable and you cultivate and you encourage. And that's where that motivation in an individual starts to grow. And so when you can find somebody who is able to take their experiences and do those things, that's where you get a leader. And it's like, she had years and years of experience and education and things that she compiled to give her the skills that she had, but they were skills. You know, like you said, it was something that she learned. And I'm a personal believer of that too, because I take on things that I'm like, I've never done that. But if I have the right mindset, I can do that. I mean, I've done everything from roofing to creating a podcast to setting up training guides for sales team. (laughs) So like I've done all these random things that I never thought I could do, but I just said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break it down, make sense of it. And it's the same thing with leadership. What needs to be there to make a good leader? It's like, I hate, I hate this idea of um, putting managers in a position or a supervisors. Okay. You're supervising, you're managing. It's, it's so impersonal and you're not creating that resonance in that environment that cultivates and grows people with that mentality. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you use the term mindset. There's, that's one of my favorite books. Um, just read this last year, actually ended up reading it like three times. Um, Carol Dweck talks about Professor Dweck. She's was a professor at Stanford University, and they did lots of research into childhood learning and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that they discovered was that if you have a mindset that is a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, you your fixed mindset will basically force you into a situation or create a a, a thought process where you know, it's this, it's this idea of leaders are born. You know, you're just born to be a leader. No, that's a, that's a fixed mindset. And it basically, and a lot of times what it, what it does is when you have that mindset, it basically says, well, I wasn't born that way. So I can't be one, right? I can't do something because I wasn't born that way. I didn't get those gifts. I didn't get, get that. Well, a growth mindset says, I'm not a leader yet. I don't have those skills yet. That thing happened to me, but it was a learning experience. And now I learned something and I can be better next time. Right. It's that kind of a mindset. What you're describing is a, is a growth mindset. And I run into a lot of people and their leaders or their you know, they're functional leaders, if you want, rather than actual true leaders. Um, and they have this mindset. And the, the insidious part of that is that if you think that you were born with leadership, that automatically gives you privilege, which is just completely wrong. As a leader, your job is to hold everybody else up. Your job, you think of a, think of a pyramid or, a, a, you know, a, a triangle, right? It's upside down. The points at the ground and the base is at the top. The leader is at the bottom of that of that pyramid. The leader is the one lifting everybody above them. And those people are living, you know, lifting up the next group and the next group and the next group and the next group. We're lifting everybody up rather than everybody serving the leader or the person at the top in that position. 
and having this mindset that says, you know, I, I, I was born this way, so I'm, I've got this leadership. It, it, it tends to lead to the, the typical pyramid situation. I'm a leader, therefore, you know, everybody needs to serve me. You know, it's about me, right? Because I was, I was made this way. I was born this way. This is who I am. Whereas a growth mindset looks at it completely opposite and basically says, no, I'm learning some things. I'm not a leader. You know, it's funny when you when you talk to a growth minded leadership uh, leader, they don't believe that they're a leader. I mean, everybody else looks around and goes, dang, that is a great leader. And they're going, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a leader. Because in their mind, they still have so much more to learn. They have so much more to do. They have so many things that they could do better. And it's, it's just a different way of looking at the world. And if you look at, if you look at the, the companies that, that really um, perform over the long haul, I mean, there are some companies that do really well in the short run, and they have what I would call you know, a fixed mindset, or they would have you know, this very short-sighted leader at the top. But if you look at, at a lot of organizations that, that, that live over a long period of time, maybe they go through several leaders, but those leaders are always what, you know, John Maxwell calls the servant leader. That is that their job is to serve other people, is to help other people. Um, it's, it's the idea that they're supporting other people and they don't see themselves as a leader. Their responsibility, you know, they're, they're a caretaker of the organization and and they feel a responsibility for the organization they themselves they see themselves as not the most important and you know it's so easy i mean we've all seen the we know the two different right when we know the two different <laughs> sides we run into them and we go oh my gosh we got one of these right <laughs> how can i get out of here as quickly as i possibly can right or you run into someone like that and you go, oh, my gosh, I have never had someone lead me like this. This is amazing. Right. I really want to stick around and be a part of this and learn from this guy or gal is the case. Maybe I, I remember my I, I was going through a really rough time in the in the 90s uh, with it just seemed like everybody I went to work for went bankrupt in 18 months. I don't know what the deal was. But I went to work for this one guy um, towards the end of the 90s. And, and I had been working for people that were, let's just say they weren't the most pleasant people to work for. <laughs> and I went to work for this one guy. And he was, he was definitely uh, a growth-minded leader. He was a true leader. He owned the company, but he was what I would, you know, he was a leader. People would walk on hot coals for this guy. I mean, he was he was the best example that I had ever seen up to that point of a leader. And I and I remember going to work and you know I, I kind of had a sense of that, but I didn't really understand it until about you know about two months in. And you know he was having a conversation with me, and I realized in the midst of that conversation, he wasn't coming down on me. He wasn't criticizing me he wasn't demanding things of me he kept saying things like okay i see you struggling in this area how can i help you what what is it you need from me how how can i help you do better what is it that you need from me and i thought who asked those questions 
Well, I've come to understand leaders ask that question. True leaders ask those questions. And I and and I think we've all seen this whole idea kind of kind of implode over the last you know decade or so. We've watched you know we've watched companies like Enron and you know <laughs> other company you know even GE you know that you know they just <laughs> you go man there's some dysfunction in these companies right and you wonder what happened well what happened was in many cases the leadership created an environment that was the normal pyramid rather than the upside down one right? they, what, there was they did not have servant leaders in the organization what they had was it's all about me kind of leaders right so that's what I mean when I talk about leaders can you can learn to be that kind of person by the way yeah and you were talking about like leaders don't think they're leaders there is this humbling aspect about being a leader like you have to put other people before yourself you have to bring yourself to the equation because you have to bring that passion that drive um and you have to bring all those things to enable and grow other people but you have to have that views like that mindset of growing and enabling and one of my favorite examples is back in college when I first moved out of pre-med into business about a semester in, I joined an academic fraternity and they are a really cool academic fraternity that is is nationwide and they've done as well as they have because they have a lot of like-minded people um like-minded in the way that it's a lot of growth mindset people <coughs> um we have leaders for just the new member class that comes in for the semester and the guy who led mine is also one of my good friends and he i was talking to him about like how he led our class and he was one of those people i looked up to he enabled us in every which way and he still does not see himself as a leader when he was in that position and his mindset was just to take that new member class and make them better versions of themselves he wanted them us to be better than he was he wanted to see not us reaching his level but going beyond he wanted us to enable to continue to grow off of what everybody else had done and it, that is such a powerful thing and we fed off with that we were so competitive in like all the best ways and we had so much fun and i saw such amazing things happen with that group of people and the people that they touched and it's true like you know he does really good he's excelling in his career and he continues to grow and there's probably a part of him that wonders like how he got to that place cuz that's just the kind of guy he is but it's like you said he has worked to develop himself and learn these skills even if sometimes he doesn't realize it and then when he steps into a leadership position he is working from the bottom of an upside down pyramid mm -hmm. and he does it well and you know that that was something silly back in college when you don't even think of people having experience and having fully developed skill sets but he put himself in a humble position to learn and develop those things and he didn't come off with an arrogant mindset that he already had it this was his spot this was his position everybody better listen to him sort of thing do you recall what he did, what kinds of things that he did uh, to, what kind of practices that he did um trying to think back one of the biggest things you know if you're coming into an organization sometimes the development process is very separate from the rest and so he made sure that we yes we had some things that we did internally and together so we had a marketing project that we worked on there was a sales project um and it would start small and he would watch it grow 
and things like that. And a lot of it is he would give us all the tools or he'd give us the parameters, but they were very vague. And then he'd pass the responsibility over to us. And then he'd encourage us to take that and get involved. Our our new member class was so engaged with the main chapter. I was interacting constantly with our executive members in the main chapter. I never felt like a new member Mm -hmm. throughout it. I felt like somebody who was growing and thriving. And there was just so many instances where like he would give other members opportunities to speak and he, he knew everybody's skill set or he was learning everybody's skill set. So when we had something come up, he'd be like, Hey, you know, if you're looking to do a certain project, maybe these people want to step up and help guide it because this person is very creative or this person has worked on this sort of thing before and they have knowledge and he would start to help us group and understand each other. And it was always giving us the right push in the right direction versus just dragging and dropping and stuff like that. But ultimately the decisions were ours to make. Our success was ours to make. But he made it safe, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I hear in that. It was, you you never felt like you were on your own. You never felt like you were kind of hanging out there by yourself. You felt like one, you were part of a community, but you always felt like if you needed some help, somebody was going to be there to help you. In fact, it was going to be him for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, 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 you know, you talked about, you know, is, you know, he, he practiced these things. One, I think of the things that I have done personally, um, one, you know, reading books, right. You know, they, they used to say that, that, um, you know, leaders are readers, right. And, and the reason they say that is, that by reading you can pick up ideas from all kinds of people that you can integrate into your own life and that can become formative in the way that you approach things right but at the same time i think there are putting yourselves in in unfamiliar situations so that you're forced to have to learn something new right it's the idea of constantly learning it's the idea of constantly developing a skill you know, maybe I, I need, like just recently, I took a course uh, on uh, being, having better, more, more robust conversations, right? And so I, I took, I, you know, read this book and then I, and I went through the, the, um, the course and it has helped me with my team because now I can have more effective and more productive conversations with my, with my team. Right? I can have more com- better conversations with my friends. I can have better conversations with people in other organizations, our, our customers, our, our vendors. Because if I've got, an, I've got a question or I've got an issue, I've learned some skills, like how to ask the right questions and, and what am I looking for when I, get, when I ask that question and what do I want to listen for? It takes time. It takes practice. And the people that you think of, if you think of the, the, the leaders that you think of, they're people who have practiced that skill. You know, this, this person that you're talking about, they, they, have, they obviously had a growth mindset to, to start with. And by the way, just because you have a fixed mindset right now doesn't mean you can't change and you can't move and you can't learn how to have a growth mindset by, by practicing some things. I, I suggest starting with the book, you know, mindset, but you know, there is a way to help move your brain, move your thinking to a different mindset. But when you do that, 
then all of a sudden there are possibilities that you didn't see before. And now we can begin to test and to, to retest over and over. Like one of the things we talk around here, and it, it's it's kind of our axiom that we use. You know, we, we dream big, we test small, we fail fast, and we learn always. <clears throat> so the idea is, you know, you take it, you, you see this thing, I want to try this. Okay, great, go ahead and test it. Test it small so you don't like lose everything, but <laughs> test it small. If it works, great, test it bigger. If it doesn't work, okay, you fail quickly, you learn something, and now you reiterate, and you, or you iterate, and you go back and you do it again. Did it work that time? Yeah, I made a change and it worked. Great, you learned something, right? I mean, it's the, it's the whole idea of practicing, learning. You're safe. Go try something. Learn how to be a leader. Learn how to be competent in a certain area. Um, I, one of the things that, I, that I've learned in, in, through this last you know, year it, is that I have the capacity to pivot quickly. I didn't realize how, I didn't realize I had the capacity, but I was forced in the capacity. You know, we, you and I were talking about earlier, I'd gotten kind of complacent um, about just my leadership because I have such a great quality team. You know, it's like, ah, I can just rest on my laurels. These guys are great. Everything is good. And then I realized all of a sudden, okay, they're looking to me to give some guidance. They're looking to me to give some direction. And we had to shift. But the way I shifted was I said, okay, what do we want to do? There are certain things we want to do. And I went to them and I said, okay, I need your feedback. What do you think we should be doing? Getting them involved. Well, the more I got them involved, the more they got involved. Right? I mean, you know, they're, okay, you mean it's okay for me to have an idea? Yeah. Yeah. Here's where we're going, but how do we get there? Well, and then they came up with some ideas. And we tested a few things. It didn't work. Okay, great. We learned something. We reiterated, and now it works, right? And so the idea behind, behind pivoting in the middle of a situation, that's a skill you have to learn. I didn't realize that I had learned that skill, right? But, but because of all the things that we've gone through and we've changed as we've been in the industry and the changes over the last you know, 10 years, you know, with the economy going and all kinds of, you know, regulations and, you know, the nonsense that we have to put up with, you have to, you have to iterate, you have to make adjustments. And I had learned that, but I didn't realize that I had learned that, right? Now, had I been conscious of it, I probably would have practiced a lot more. <laughs> I would have, you know, I've been working at it a lot more, but nonetheless, it was there because I was actually doing it over time. And I think that too often people who get into a position and then they have a fixed mindset, they don't want to, they don't want to test a new idea because if they test a new idea, then they'll think, oh, I'm a failure and their and failure is not, not a good thing in their mind. In our world, we don't fail. We learn. It's not, you know, failure is not the issue. Okay. It didn't work. Great. But what did you learn? Well, I learned this, this, and this. Great. Then it wasn't a failure because you learned something from it, right? And if you create that kind of environment as a leader, that's your job is to create this environment where people feel free to test and to feel free to, you know, uh, try something different 
you know, and, to, and to really find a way to solve a problem without somebody just, you know, you can't do it that way, you got to do it my way, right? It's so true. I mean, just thinking of even, you know, this, the, the mindset thing, I think a lot of it comes back there, you know, no matter what you're doing, there's so many reiterations of the fixed versus the growth mindset. You know, I've heard one of them being like an internal versus external locus of control, right? So people either feel they have control of a situation or that everything is just a product of their environment and they can't impact it. Right. And the people who have a feeling that they can impact the situation tend to thrive and grow and do better. They tend to be those people who, if they step up into a leadership position, are the ones who are able to develop themselves into great leaders. And it is the same thing of like the fixed mindset people a lot of times are external locus of control holders because they believe that things are just as they are. They're not going to, to change. And they tend to be the one where you tell them that they can stop being a fixed mindset person. They can grow into a growth mindset that they don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it's kind of a uh, catch 22. Yeah. yeah. They just have to reframe their thinking. And we, we talked about in college, several of my classes inside my, my professional organization, my academic fraternity, we talked about all the time, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. You have to be able to embrace an uncomfortable situation to grow. And so embracing the unknown or embracing things that make you uncomfortable because that's an opportunity to learn. It's like you said, uh, failure is uncomfortable or this idea of when you things don't succeed the way you think they should, um, that you failed, that's an uncomfortable feeling. But embrace that because those are learning experiences. The people who learn from them are embracing that situation, able to come back and say, okay, now what do I do? And then they act. So it's just very interesting because I've heard you know, I've had actually very a lot of fortune having a lot of great leaders that I've passed by in my life or interacted with or learned from or all of the above. And <laughs> these are not new things. Like you said earlier, there are things that these great leaders have brought to the table. And I've been very fortunate to start to absorb. I think at even an earlier stage in my life, before I even stepped out into my career, I had these impressions being made on me, which is I'm so fortunate for it. Yeah, one of the things we, you know, you, the idea about failing, I think is, you know, the only time I tell our folks all the time, look, the only time you fail is when you didn't learn something. If it didn't go right and you didn't learn, then it, yeah, okay, it's a failure. <laughs> but if you learn something, if you can take something out of it, if you can extract something that you learned from that situation, then it wasn't a failure because you learned something. And if you put the focus as a leader, if you create an environment where learning is is first and foremost, not necessarily results, guess what? The results will come as a result of the learning because it's in the midst of this experimentation and this learning and this cycle that the big results come out of. Okay, we stumbled a few times. Okay, but what did we learn? Well, we can't do this, we can't do this, but we can do this. Okay, great. Let's double down on what we can do. And then all of a sudden we find, oh, there's where the success lies. <laughs> exactly. That's what a leader is. But again, it requires that, that that leader be willing to practice doing that, right? I mean, so how do you practice that? By doing it, <laughs> you know? I mean, so when, 
when the situation arrives, rather than go, oh, the world is falling, you ask the question, well, what did you learn? How can we iterate? What can we do different? What's the, what's the next step? And then give them the space and give them the ability to find another solution and to find another test and to work through it. They, are, they know your job is to tell them where we want to ultimately be. Let them figure out how to get there. You know, I, 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 I have this conversation with folks all the time. I, I was just talking to a guy the other day. He's a young entrepreneur. He's got a, a window cleaning company. And um, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's the only guy, right? And he's just slammed. The guy's working 16 hours a day. And I'm going, dude, <laughs> you need to hire somebody. Yeah, but they won't do it like I do it. Okay. So little rule that I, and this is something I learned from one of my mentors. If they can do it 80% as well as you, delegate it. Right? I mean, give it to them. Let them work with it. Um, you know, let them, let them take it over. And too often we just get caught up on this whole idea that I got to do it all. No, you don't. You know, give them the freedom. Give, give it to somebody else and give them the freedom to work with it and to find a way through it. So, Haley, I think the, the biggest thing we need to think about is, is this whole idea of made, not born, the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. The biggest thing that, that I think that we need to understand is there are tools that we look at from the leadership standpoint. In other words, we look at a, a leader and we go, well, they have certain skill sets, but it's not their ability to do a specific job. It's how they lead, right? It's the way in which they interact. It's all these, in some sense, you know, soft skills that they have that make them the leader that they are. But because we call them soft skills, they are skills and they are things that we can learn. And I would, you know, just say to people, listen, if you want to be a better leader, do some work on being a, a better conversationalist being a, a better question uh, questioner right be a better listener being um more create allow yourself to be more creative allow yourself to be learn how to be less controlling these are all skills that you can learn and, and i guess the thing i would say is look at some people that you think of as quality leaders um, people that, you know, would be people that you would admire and people that you think that would be a person I'd want to, I'd want to work for. And then look at what, what is it about that person that makes them a leader to you? What, why do you think that they are a quality leader? Well, I, every time I'm around them, they ask so many questions and, and they're just so engaged with people and, and they just, you know, they really want to be understanding of where you are and what you're about. Okay, that's a skill. Go develop that skill.
or somebody else, you know, looks at it and it's that they're calm. They never freak out. They just seem like they're just in control. Well, what do you think? Then ask the question, well, what is it that allows them to do that? And maybe it's, you know, that, that they've learned to not feel the fear of I'm going to look bad or whatever it is. Okay. Well then start learning, figuring out and reading and doing and asking questions of other people who are good at that. How do you develop that ability to just stay calm in the middle of the storm? How, how do you, how do you do that? It's a skill. Bottom line is everything that a good quality leader does can be learned. It can be practiced. It can be developed and you can be that same kind of leader. It's not a question of, I was born this way. Therefore I'm a leader. I'm cool. Everybody <laughs> else isn't right. I mean, and that's, that's just not, first of all, I ain't going to fly these, these days. Uh, and it's not going to, it's not going to make for a very pleasant experience, but the, the reality is it never really has been. We just never, challenged it before, right? <laughs> it's just never understood before. The tolerance has changed. The understanding yeah, exactly, has changed. Exactly. It's always been this way. We just never really knew it. In fact, you can go back a hundred years and you can see some of the, the amazing leaders. I mean, you can go back and you can look at some of the stories about Henry Ford and, you know, some of the, you know, the, the mega giants of industry. And the reality is if you look at the way that the things that they wrote and the, the, the internal systems that they had and the values that they had and the purpose they had, you look at that and you go, oh my gosh, these were people who really understood, right? These were people who really got it. And listen, I mean, that if you want an example, go back a hundred years because some of those guys really got it, you know? <laughs> and they weren't born like that. They developed that. They, exactly. they weren't. They weren't leading people as toddlers, trust me. Yeah, exactly. They learned to become the kind of people. And they learned it through experience. They learned it through difficulties, failures, hard times, you know, challenges. They learned how to be that kind of a leader. Yeah. Just because it wasn't always a conscious thought that what I'm doing is actively working towards a leader. They were learning what actually worked in the world. So the the understanding of it might have been different, but the results were the same as far as what they made with all of that work they put in, all of that development, education, and practice. It was what built a good leader. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think this was a great second episode for our mini season. I'm learning a lot and getting to bring up all of these important thoughts that have impressed upon me over the years. And it's just, it's so important to realize that a lot of what we're doing in life, especially leading is skills that we develop and you have to humble yourself and be willing to put in the work and the practice and the time yeah. and to build up the experience. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, it might not even happen in the next couple of years. And that is perfectly fine. So, yep, exactly. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Mike. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Remember, we got two more episodes. So thank you.